Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. Good morning and welcome, WISN, the Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group is on the air, hosted today by Marie McFarland and Jeff Kowal. So a good morning to both of you. Marie, good morning. Good morning to you. Good to have you back in studio, Jeff. Good to be here, Paul. Well, you were actually on, I shouldn't made it sound like you weren't on for a month or so. Yeah, I was on just last week. It, time goes by fast, Paul. We do rotate hosts on the show. Yep. So it could be Aaron Spitzner, John White, Joe Still, Marie McFarland, Jeff Kowal, Aaron Kowal. Um, also the same voice as Jeff, we should mention while we're at it, the Daily Market Reports on WISN. Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks. So it's around 3.05 and around, who knows, 5.30, 5.45 uh, for the second one. Uh, we do one minute on what's going on in the market that day. Uh, what's driving the markets up or down that particular day? We wrap it up. We give you an idea of so what. So that's happening in the market. How does it apply to you and your life? Then we wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, and NASDAQ. Every day, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock news block, 5 o'clock news block with our great team at the Coal Investment Group. And every Saturday on this show, The Retirement Clinic, we get to do a deep dive, different topics every week. We'll bring you up to speed and the wealth management preservation segment, the boss segment, is for business owners. It's all coming up. Marie, we should talk about all the great locations. I believe you work now out of the Delafield. Yes, I work out of the Delafield office. Brand new. Beautiful Beautiful. uh, town. Yes, great town, great location. Come check it out. It's right downtown Delafield. Downtown Delafield, yes. I'm still learning the area, but yes, downtown Delafield. Any good places for lunch? <laughs> Lots of good places. Yeah, there really are. Yeah. I'm in that office, too, a lot of the time, too. And we're right across from the coffee shop on Milwaukee Avenue, uh, uh, west of uh, Highway C. So it's a great location. That is your latest location, Jeff, the Galactic headquarters in Waukesha. Galactic, yes. World Waukesha, Galactic. Yeah, Port Washington, Phoenix, uh, Racine office uh, with Spitz down, Aaron Spitzner down there, and also Cape Coral, Florida new one there in a yes all of those locations jeff you're just a internet or a phone call away you can go to the com. if you've got questions about this show or things that come up 262-522-4040 uh, a lot to do today as we start i think marie's got the first topic marie yes we uh, i have the first topic my little intro is going to be things to consider before year end tax-wise um, and before we get to that, though, I've been pretty excited. We've been planning our 2024 events, so make sure you stay tuned for more information on those. The best way to find out about our events is check out our website at Um, Of course, you can always call us, too, to get an idea of what events we have coming up, but that's been a... You've had a whole slew of them the last, well, the last quarter of this year, a bunch of them. Oh, yeah, we had a great event last week, uh, Keep Family Wealth in the Family, just this last week. Great event, great attendance. Uh, if you want more information on that, we had uh, an attorney, we had a trust officer, myself, Chauncey. So it's just a great turnout and a great event. So Jay Weber keeping, was a part of one? No, that was one week. That's right, a couple weeks ago, Jay yeah. Weber hosted one on the economy. Um, so you know, keep family wealth in the family was the latest one. Once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you keep it in the family? And that was the, the, uh, 
the gist of the You're workshop not supposed to week. spend it all, Jeff? You could if you want to. That's your choice. But if that's not your choice, you want to keep it, then want to keep it out of the hands of the greedy government. Yeah. Did I just say that out loud? You did. Yes. You did. And 90%, no, 95% of our audience has to agree with that. How, uh, how could you not be complaining about taxes? All you have to yeah. do is look at your pay stub. And, yeah, you have a new grandchild. Would you rather give the money to the government or to your new grandchild? My grandson. Yeah. There you go. Yes. The government takes enough, right? <gasps> yep. It, yep. Well, anyway, that, that's, well, you're going to talk about taxes right now. I Marie. am going to talk about uh, taxes. I hate to lament on that, but it does segue over to your topic perfectly. Marie McFarland, uh, what's your official title again? Financial advisor. At I am the Coal Investment Group. Yep, at the Coal Investment Group, but I am a certified financial planner, so CFP designation, um, which kind of reminds me it's the end of the year. So if you want your retirement review, make sure to get that scheduled. Time is limited. It is. I think there's only, what, eight? Not even eight weeks left. No. Today's so, the 18th of November. There's We're just a week away from Thanksgiving, for crying out loud. Jeff, for people that worry about year in, sometimes this show serves as reminders, not just taxes, but everything. Yes. Yeah, Marie's going to talk about that, too. When it clicks over to January 1st, it's too late. So Marie's going to yes. talk about some things that you have to do now. So just a reminder, make sure you get that scheduled by the end of the year. Um, so a couple things to consider for tax purposes. Um these are a few things I'm going through with my clients towards the end of the year is finding out what does your income look like compared to last year. So if your income's significantly higher than last year, you might have a few options you should take advantage of for that year or for this year, I should say. And if it's lower, those advantages might look a little different. So for example, for my higher income clients, we could be taking in consideration, are we going to utilize the standard deduction for the year, which could be as high as about 30000 maybe a little higher, depending on your situation? Um, or are we going to try and itemize for the year? And so really understanding, are we doing large charitable donations to get over the standard deduction? Or are there opportunities right for us to maximize either the standard deduction or itemizing for the year. And a lot of this stuff with regard to the end of the year, it's critical, right? The yeah, timing? it has to be done by the the 31st of yep. December. So it's not a situation where we can look at it in April and say, oh, we should do this. No, we should have, but once which isn't a bad situation. Thanksgiving starts, then we get into the, you know, real deep into the holidays and Christmas and New Year. All of a sudden people, uh-oh. Yeah, so it's your Christmas gift to yourself is sitting down and going through all these strategies with myself or Jeff or one of our advisors. Well, it does help to have an advisor. Yes, because we're thinking of these things. So a big part of, I said, like the end year planning is just going through, okay, understanding is your income lower? So do Roth conversions potentially make sense for this year? And remember, that's a situation where you're taking money out of your IRA that hasn't been paid. Tax that hasn't been taxed yet and converting it into your Roth. And so essentially pulling money out to have to pay income tax on it, but also understanding that that money will grow tax deferred and ultimately yeah. tax free as long as you take it out as a qualified distribution. That essentially, when I think of Roth, that's what I think of my big takeaway. Yeah. No uh, tax. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as opposed to taxing it when you withdrawn, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So that's a big difference. Yes. And that's a good opportunity. So, you know, I have some clients who um, 
you know, maybe their income was a little, they didn't take as much as they had last year because they didn't travel a ton this year or whatever the situation might be. We didn't take out as much as they normally do. And so we have a wiggle room in their current tax bracket to take more out of their IRA to look like income, right? Be taxed as income, but they actually get to put it into their Roth and let it continue to grow tax deferred and ultimately be a tax redistribution for their next generation. That you they mentioned, Marie, the change in salary, too. I think that's key. It, it, many people have a job, sales or commission-oriented, whatever it is, where it's not the same salary every year. Yes, so sales may be down for the year. Um, I have situations where some people are taking sabbaticals, so their income's a little less for a portion of the year. You might have retired, right? So I have some clients that were working through, hey, they retired in April. Well, so that's their a big income, one. Exactly. Yeah. Their income is definitely different. I mean, one of my clients recently, she's retiring in February. We're going to do a lot of this type of planning right for next year because her income is going to be dramatically different than her six figures that she had been making all the way up until next year. And the year. key is that you see these situations all the time in yes. our office because of the People we work with were retirement planning specialists, Marie and I and everybody on our team. We see situations all the time, so they're less intimidating to us, and we know the right questions to ask as well. Yeah, and give advice on it. That's right. That's why you work with us, to have the advice. And also when to retire, that dictates a lot, right? It does, yeah. And that's a good point, because when to retire, I can honestly say we've had clients we've been planning for retirement for this year, and they chose not to. Right, they were having a great year, and they're like, "Nah, I think I can do this one oh, more year, yep. I thought or it was a couple the more years." You were saying, like, you know, I'm just ready to retire. I, I hate my job, or whatever. No, we've had a couple where it's yep. like, "No, we're gonna wait one more year." I really like my boss, or I really the like check what, clears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't you, feel a ton of stress. If like, you like the job, the income's good. Why not return? Exactly. But yep. not everybody's the same. It is case by case. Yes, it is case by case. And then the clients I do have that are retired, some work part-time jobs. And so now we're looking at, okay, how much did you make so far this year? Right? What is your W-2 showing? Okay, how are we maximizing out the rest of the year from an income tax standpoint? Jeff, did, I hate to interrupt. I got a question. Have you seen more of that where people used to retire and it was like, you know, cold turkey? You retired, you were in retirement. You didn't work at all. Now it seems like some are going back just to get a few hours for the social part, a little few extra bucks. Those two points are very good, a little extra bucks and social part, but also because employers need them. A lot of them have a particular skill. If they can go back and work part-time, the employers are happy to have them. And even That's part -time. a key, part-time. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not working their 40 yes. hours a week. They, yep. yeah. Flexibility. So they're weaning themselves exactly. into retirement. And I have quite a few um, that they shop at the place often and so they picked up a few hours because they enjoy being there so oh, much so. that's awesome yep <laughs> i could see myself doing that like, like a, oh i like not shopping just here. a walmart <laughs> greeter you're saying yeah. maybe working at the like store like a small little boutique i like to buy my clothes here turn around give a few hours sure. get a few things like, <laughs> so i have a few of those um another area we're helping clients are in a situation where there might be no income so, like I said, a dramatic change of income. And if there's a no-income situation, we're looking at capital gains opportunity. Is there a situation where we should be peeling off some gains and have zero tax for those gains up to a certain amount? So, again, taking a peek at your overall income for the year and maximizing any strategies that will either take advantage of the bracket you're in or try and reduce the bracket that you're in for tax purposes. So uh, there are people that do make, you know, roughly the same amount every year. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing. But if, again, if you're making significantly lower or this would be good news, a much more 
uh, than you did the previous year. Yep, there's some options that you have for the year, too. Yep. Any thoughts there, Jeff? Uh, I've got lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Maria is alluding to most of those. As retirement planning specialists, we address all areas of planning. The taxes, the investments, the estate planning, long-term care, Medicare. Uh, along with the experts in our office, we have trusted partners that we work with in each of those areas. Plus, we've got uh, tax planning software, tax analysis software. Uh, that that's very helpful yeah. in, in these situations as well. And I have um, another big one that I've been working on with clients is, let's say, and this I would say is often, you've accumulated a, a significant amount of wealth and you're getting up in your years where you're like, okay, I'm probably not going to spend all of this wealth in my lifetime. I want to gift it to the kids. And no one's thought about gifting while they're still alive. And finding the joy of what that would bring instead of waiting until they pass. So I've been working with a lot of clients to help them understand that they can do the 17000 annually per beneficiary. If you're married, right, that's 34000 you can gift to one person without having to file a gift tax return, most likely tax-free. Um, and so really going through and helping clients get to that point, whether it be 5000 or all the way up to the 17000 but understanding that it's okay to gift while they're alive. I, I like that psychological uh, comment that not to ignore that part, the, the joy you may get yes. from gifting. Maybe it's, I have a new grandson. Maybe I'd do that. And I know that I'm doing it now. Do you always inform that's, that's up to you, I guess, right? Tell little junior he's got some money when. Yeah, when, that's completely up to the when, grandparents. When pops passes away. Yeah. <laughs> Most people have, when we get into estate planning, uh, this is way off topic, Jeff, but we've had guys on that talk about that. There's, you have to approach that as a family conversation sometime. It behooves you to do so, right? It makes sense to have that conversation, but you don't, again, you don't, there are some people that just don't want their kids to know or grandkids to know yeah. that they have it because they don't want to uh, diminish their uh, ambition, uh, work. So everybody's a little bit different than that. Yep, that's a good point. And if I'm 12 years old, I'm not going to go up to grandpa and say, yeah, what do I got? Hey, <laughs> how much are you going to give me? Do I really me? have to go to high school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> College is expensive, more so than ever. Yeah. That's another thing I'm being told by so many people. Make sure you start saving for your grandson's college right away. I didn't know that was my job, but again, it's something I can do, Jeff. I can be a part of that. It's not. And we have uh, 529 accounts open for our grandkids, uh, but it's not our responsibility to do it. If we put money in periodically, that's great, but it's their responsibility, not ours. Case by case again. Yep. These Agreed. Are all case cr- by case. Yep. Great points. Marie McFarland is here with Jeff Kowal. It is the Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. So another area of opportunity to look at for tax purposes this year is your 401k. So a lot of times I'll have clients that, well, actually this is a lie because they're working with me, so they don't forget about it. But there are people out there that forget about their 401k contributions. And ultimately they just kind of set it and forget it. And they're not checking to make sure that they're maximizing their contribution for the year um, because those do increase. I mean, not a ton, but they do increase annually. And so you want to make sure your contribution percentage is maxing out what you're allowed. Boy, at least if there's employer contribution, make sure you're at that. Yes. At least getting the, at free the very money. minimum. That's free money. Yes. But ultimately you can contribute up to 22,500 this year, which is a big jump from last year. And so if you didn't adjust the percentage to equal that, you could be missing out on some big tax savings potentially. Yeah. And then understanding should you be contributing to your Roth 401k or pre-tax 
So that'll be right a calculation, understanding where your income is going to fall for the year. And then, of course, if you're 50 or older, you have that extra catch up, which is 7500 for the 401k plan as well. It's something you help your clients with every day. But Marie, let's be honest, if a lot of us opened up our 401k plan on our computer and looked, we probably wouldn't know where our money is allocated. Are we too heavy in stocks? Should we make changes? And this is where the advisor role comes in. Yes. Yep. And so that actually leads to another point. So great segue, Paul. Not intentionally, (laughs) just by luck. Um, But rebalancing accounts. So we worked on that for our clients as well as we headed into third fourth quarter um rebalancing our clients accounts and same thing for your 401k is making sure are you allocated appropriately do you have the correct investments that are aligned with your goals moving forward and tax loss harvesting so that's a common word that advisors throw out but essentially what we're saying is taking opportunity to um take advantage of losses. And I know nobody likes to hear that they have losses, but from a tax standpoint, it can be advantageous. And it doesn't mean that you're selling everything, staying in cash and waiting for the market to recover. It just means you're selling something to take an opportunity on the loss that it has, but then turning around and investing right away in something similar. So we do this for our clients all year long, but essentially what we're doing is making sure we maximize the losses that they have and not incurring a wash sale. So a wash sale is when you sell something, buy something exactly the same in too short of a time frame. The IRS says, no, you can't do that. We're not letting you use that loss for tax purposes. And if any of this sounds like how it how am I supposed to know this stuff? This is why you work with an advisor. Yes. <laughs> Especially with the end of the year approaching. Yes. So. And um, a lot of clients don't think of these losses. So, for example, I'm working on a situation where they're they're selling one of their many homes and they're going to have a ton of capital gains. And so being able to maximize losses and offsetting gains is a huge opportunity um, that, again, most people don't think about because you think of losses as a negative situation, yeah, but which, don't you, get me wrong, it well, is, right? You're, well, yeah. it could but be that still, the investments have gone up, but, you've, you but still, you're required to pay taxes on it each year. So in other words, there's a drop in the market, you have a little bit of, of a tax loss. That Maria's saying, don't miss that. That's, a, that's an opportunity. Yep. Yeah. And then you can use 3,000 of those losses to de- um, deduct from income annually, not a substantial amount, but 3000 And then the rest you can always carry forward indefinitely and offset from capital But it all adds standpoint. up. All these little things, they do add up. Yes, they and if add you up do, If you bit. miss it, I don't think the IRS is going to call us and say you're missing out on some No, they say, poor you, you pay, pay us more. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's exactly Being right. Being overly patriotic, right? Yes. Paying more in income taxes than you need yeah. to. They'd like you. They want you to miss those. (laughs) Yes, they do. Um, So, again, knowing all of these situations with the year end approaching, Marie McFarling, good stuff. Do you have anything to add before we get into Um, the next segment? I have one more. Inherited accounts, because I've come across this quite a bit. big one. If you've inherited anything this year, it's really important for us to go through that and understand, did you take your RMD, your required minimum distribution for this year from those accounts? Did you have enough tax withheld? And then do we have a strategy in place to make sure we liquidate within a certain time frame, depending on what type of account you inherited? So inherited IRAs and Roth IRAs and other accounts are a very important part of planning. Oh, yeah. Uh, Everything. Under that umbrella, Jeff, right, we talked about estate planning. There's retirement planning. There's all kinds of planning, tax planning. 
Um, after the break, we're going to come back, Jeff. We're going to hear from Aaron Caldwell with today's boss segment, Business Owner Savings and Security. You've got something on the plate as well. I do. Just want to reiterate, uh, Maurice talking about some things that you have to do before the end of the year. Uh, they expire on January 1st, but the uh, IRS just came out with rulings on and uh, uh, contribution limits for 2024. I talked about it last week with Joe. Might as well remind people again. Um, Marie mentioned that for 401ks, you can put up to 22500 in in 2023. Uh, that's going up to $23,000 next year. The catch-up contribution stays the same. So, again, what Maria is saying is that if you haven't done your $30,000 for this year and your fifth year better, see if you can still do it. Uh, next year, it's going up to $30,500. And the maximum contributions for IRAs are going up also. Uh, for the 2023 limit is $6,500. That's for Roth IRAs and uh, traditional IRAs. Uh, next year, it's going to be $7,000, so it's a $500 increase. Catch-up for those 50 or better is the same. So uh, this year, you can put in a total of $37,500 into uh, 401ks and IRAs combined. Next year, it's going up to $38,500, an additional $1,000. So just things to be aware of. And when we um, come back, we're going to talk about this is one. Marie and I were talking about this earlier. How do you know when it's time to retire? How do you know? And that's, under, a, that's a good one. Is it a visceral gut feeling? Is it when your spouse tells you to? It's probably all your, the above. Your employer suggests it? <laughs> yeah, this is time with the, all these football players. Or Craig Council taking the job with the Cubs. And they make a lot of money. And generally in life, it is follow the money, too. But there's a lot of emotions. I don't care how much you make. Emotional time when you retire. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll talk about one. Okay. You know, some people are hanging on for a long time. Some people want to pull the plug early. Everybody's a little bit different. And you guys put a pencil to paper. Clearly, you run the numbers. You do the cash flow analysis to, first off, can you retire? Yep. And then, boy, if it's my decision, that's a that's a big decision that you got to make. We'll talk about that and more when we come back. Jeff Kowal and Marie McFarland are here from the Kowal Investment Group. Their website, thekowalway.com, or call 262-522-4040. We'll be right back on WISN. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. With the IRS focusing more on high net worth taxpayers, it may be time for business owners to consider implementing cash balance plans. As the IRS grows more aggressive with high net worth taxpayers, successful business owners need proactive tax strategies. Cash benefit plans can help lower tax burdens and build a more affluent retirement. So what are cash balance plans? These plans have similar elements to certain other pension defined benefit plans. It's essentially a hybrid pension plan with a significantly higher contribution limit and more flexible time commitments. Is a cash balance plan best for you? The best candidates for a plan are mature businesses with forecasted sustainable profits and a stable number of employees on their books. However, there are some drawbacks. Cash balance plans are more complex to set up and administer, and there are moderate expenses involved. It is important to work with an advisor who truly understands how to fully grasp benefits of cash balance plans. If you're interested in implementing cash balance plans or other tax-saving opportunities for your business, give us a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thecowalway.com. The Retirement Clinic continues on WISN with Jeff Kowal 
and Marie McFarland from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, thekowalway.com. A lot to come on the program. We just heard from Aaron for the boss segment, Jeff, for business owners. Their savings and security, they have to retire too. Yeah, we, we talk about it all the time. Some, this, you know, is this a good time to sell your business? A lot of times uh, that's a big determinant as to how, what your lifestyle is going to look like in retirement. We help you with that. We also try to encourage business owners to diversify and make sure that all their money isn't all their success is not dependent on success of their business and try to diversify a little bit and make sure you have some money in retirement plans and other things. So uh, good job, Aaron. Yeah, you don't want to pour it all into the business. It's hard to say. Probably easier to say than do. Well, a lot of people think that they know their business inside and out, and that's where they have the best chance of making money. But you never know what's going to happen or if the timing will be right or if, you know, it costs 8% for interest for somebody to borrow money to buy your business like it is now, 8 or 10%. So you don't know what uh, financing for somebody. It might be a great business. The price might be really right, but you have to find a person that can get the financing for that. And now with interest rates a little bit higher, maybe a little bit more difficult. So you work with business owners alike, Jeff, but in general, we all have to make that decision. And you talked about it before the break. We're going to discuss it. Kind of the elephant in the room, right? <laughs> uh, when do you know it's time to retire? Yeah, this uh, Wall Street Journal article is kind of interesting in it. Uh, it hits home a lot because we we counsel a lot of our clients on this. Uh, and this was a Katie Davis liked at 67. She liked her uh, financial services job, but the demands were getting heavier. Life outside of work was moving on. When do you call it a career? Her finances were in order. And here's something that we see more and more. Friends are passing away. And you see your buddies that, that you thought you'd retire and hang out with in retirement. Now they're gone. So just, she, she, she said, just felt like part of my life was being cut. Uh, average retirement age was 62 in 2023, up from 57 in 1991, uh, according to Gallup poll. Many people simply don't have the luxury of stopping financially, unable to go without a paycheck well under 65. Waiting too long, you might regret the extra years you gave to work. So just some things to think about. I think what what you said, though, you see a friend pass away probably puts your life in perspective. And before I run out of time, did I do everything I wanted to do? Yeah. But she's 67, so. She's 67, but a lot of people have a problem because their identity is all tied up in their work. Well, she's in financial. I noticed you said she works in financial services. Yeah, nobody's as good as us, and we can work on this forever. So, (laughs) So. No, but the, but you think about it that a lot of times people have their identity tied up with the business that they do. If they're in management, it's you know they like the idea of people coming to them all the time. So um, you know that it's definitely tied up with you know, that's a that's a reason you know you become a has been if you retire. Um, a longer lifespan. So I've also changed the calculus. Um, retirement was once meant you had brief respite before physically taxing work and. Uh, between physically taxing work and death. So you work hard your whole life, then you retire, and then you die. So that's how it used to be. But now retirement can span three or four decades. God, that so. sounded depressing, what you just said. You work <laughs> well, hard your how, whole life, you retire, really, and then you die. that's how it used to be when, when uh, Social Security came out and uh, uh, you, you could get benefits at 65. Life expectancy was around 66. Mm. So the thought was... You know, you would collect it for a short period of time. Now life expectancies are a lot longer. Uh, Changing your job, clinging to your job forever isn't the answer. Instead, experiment and adjust to find the moment that promises freedom and rest, not an identity crisis. 
there's a thing called practice retirement. Maria and I were talking about this. I think I've been doing this for the last decade. Where you know, we just got back from Poland. We're going on a cruise with the kids in January. We have another couple of uh, trips planned for next year. You balance it out. And we do balance it out. So mm-hmm. you know, when I work, I work very hard. Uh, but when we're gone, we're gone and, and try to disconnect. So if you can balance that, not everybody has the freedom that I do to be able to do that. But some people do. Some people, when they've been at jobs, they may have eight weeks of vacation or or so, and they, they can do that. So what do you do? Can you practice retirement? Can you practice the things you think you'll want to do in retirement uh, during those times off? Uh, research shows that too many empty hours can leave us miserable. Uh, unless you form, and this I think helps too. You know, if you formulate, they call it a shared vision with your spouse. Jane's shared visions that I keep on working. <laughs> <laughs> but again, shared mean there's two people. Yeah, well, I, I think I have to embrace her part, portion of it. No, I think I, we would get along just fine. When we're, we're together, it's great. But still, sometimes a spouse doesn't, they, you know, if they've been retired for a while, you're not retiring at the same time. They've got their routine. Are you disrupting the routine because yep. routine because you're underfoot all the but time? But does retirement mean that you have to be with each other twenty four seven? No, you can still that's get in your point. car and drive somewhere, right? Providing you have the health and God willing, everything else is okay. Uh, I think that's the time I would be like golfing a little bit more than I did because I was busy working, right? Yeah, hunt, fish, whatever it is. Right. Everybody's got their hobbies. Now, one of the things that 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 helps with the. Uh, decision to retire, and Marie is very good at this, and something we talk about all the time is the cash flow projections. You know, you want to know that you have enough money set aside, good times, bad times, in between, that no matter what happens. And uh, again, Marie is pretty precise with that, uh, does that for a lot of our clients. And if you have the financial part, then it's a matter of the mental part of it. How do you, you know, reconcile leaving? Or working longer, or staying longer. So yeah, one could argue. Okay, I'm financially set to retire. Am I mentally ready? Uh, just because you're financially ready, that's got to be a good feeling. You don't necessarily have to retire, Marie. Right. It's a good feeling, but I bet the hardest part is the emotion side of it. I've never been there, so I don't know yet. But I'm assuming <laughs> not, emotionally, not, it's definitely a harder. Jeff has not retired. Decision. No, but you, we work with enough people that we see the the struggle that they that some of them go through. Yeah. Some of them have it planned out. They're happy. They're counting on the yep. days. It's great. Like you said, I think it was 65. That yeah. turned 65. I'm done working. That's yeah. it. You remember this guy used to call into our office, into the show all the time, Joe. He worked into his 80s. He was an engineer. The company loved him. He was working full time. And in his late 60s, they said, well, take Fridays off. Well, then take Mondays off. And he worked into his 80s. Then he was working like three days a week remotely because they just wanted his expertise. So that was the next point that they say, if you could job share, if you could back off of work and get the most, best of both worlds, and then you pick the time when you were gonna retire. So then you see that you're training somebody else, you don't have to worry about dumping your job on somebody else. Not that people do, but some do. But more than 40% of older adults uh, work or plan to work in, report, in retirement. That's a recent AARP study. Um, but work for me was a four-letter word. It's good for what I needed at the time, but now I, uh, this is what she was saying. Now I don't need to do that anymore. So she doesn't have to work anymore. To sum it up, she was 67 years old, the story we yep. talked about, yep. in worked in financial services, and some would say at 67, she's definitely ready. Yes. I, I guess I nobody guess would know, diff- but 
but her. And it's a different age for everybody. We've got some that want to pull the pin at 60. As soon as they hit 60, they want to be gone. And some can work in their 70s and are happy doing it. Uh, one thing that's causing some problems is 401k hardship withdrawals are surging. This is a study uh, from Bank of America. A growing number of Americans are making emergency withdrawals from their 401k retirement plans. He said, changing subjects abruptly. <laughs> they cover financial emergency amid chronically high inflation, according to new data from Bank of America. It says about 18,000 workers taking part in employer-sponsored 401k plans made a hardship withdrawal during a three-month period from July to September of 2023. That's about a 13% increase from June and 27% increase from the beginning of the year. So, it, and that's not good. The The fact that you uh, uh, have a heavy and immediate financial need that you have to tap into your 401k for money, um, that's not good. Somebody who takes a hardship withdrawal cannot pay it back to their 401k, cannot roll that money into another retirement plan, and they have to pay current income tax on it. Now, you can avoid the 10% federal penalty and the 3.33% mm -hmm. state penalty by by being able to verify that it is a hardship withdrawal, but you still, you pull that money out of your plan, it's not growing for you in the future. No, it's not, and you worked hard to put the money in. Jeff, it's it's similar to kind of mentally putting stuff on a credit card that's charging 17, 18, 18%. Numbers of credit cards are coming out as well. They are, and, and they, the, more people are not paying off the bills. You're right, and they're talking about record numbers on credit card uh, debt as well. And Marie, that's a, that's hard. I know it, when you live paycheck to paycheck, young couples, look at, we're in inflation. That's the way the economy is. I think if you want a job right now, the, isn't unemployment fairly still low? Yes. The so problem is everything's up. Fine. Prices are up. Yes. Rates are up. So if you want to own a home, you're going to be paying more. And Jeff, that is, um, that's, that's a tough one to do. You rack up credit card debt. Hard hole to climb out of. Yep. Very hard, but doable. Yes, it can be Definitely done. Definitely doable. Or just don't start in the first place. Agreed. <laughs> Again, sometimes easier said than done. So yes. that was all good stuff. Jeff, um, anything else you want to add to that before no, we break? Good. We have Marie's going to do the wealth management I, and preservation segment. Oh, yeah, I do got? have one more. So I saw it on my list of things I want to make sure. But the high deductible health plans, your HSAs. So that's another good opportunity if you have um, end of year planning. We're going through and making sure you're maxing out your HSA or your FSA, flexible spending account. They're a little different. Most flexible spending accounts have to be use it or lose it situation. So it takes Where planning HSAs, to know. Typically they carry over, Correct. right? It's your money. Yeah. So it stays with you. But the um, amounts for this year, depending on your situation. So, you know, we need to know if this makes sense for you, but self-coverage is 3850 for the year. Family is seven thousand seven fifty, and then if you're fifty five plus, you have an extra thousand for the year. Um, again, these are accounts that you fund tax free; they grow tax free, and as long as they're for qualified medical expenses, when you distribute, make a distribution for that, it's tax free. So, yeah. a very powerful tool if that we're if your planning. Employer for employer doesn't have an HSA, uh, ask. Yes. Or, or ask about it if you don't know what a health savings account is about. They're tremendous. Yes. And so we're making sure, do you have a high deductible health plan? Are you eligible for an HSA? What does that look like? Um, Medicare ages changes the game on that situation, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things to factor in, but we're helping our clients make sure they're utilizing these if it makes sense in their situation. And um, especially towards the end of the year, you want to make sure you have those maxed out. A lot of moving parts in any retirement plan. We say that all the time with the year end approaching fast, right? You say that, well, it's a still 
middle of November. <laughs> it goes plenty really of time, fast. You bet. Yeah, plenty of time. All of a sudden, it's here. So get these questions asked. Reach out. Thekowalway.com is a great website or 262-522-4040. Next, after the break, Marie McFarland with today's Wealth Management and Preservation segment. We'll be right back with the Retirement Clinic. We are back with WISN's Retirement Clinic, the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Jeff Kowal, and now Marie McFarland with today's Wealth Management and Preservation segment. I think it's almost self-evident what what this is about. Yes. So these are for clients. The whole show is for everybody, but this show specific, or this part of the show is specifically for those that have a million or more in assets. And this topic is kind of a fun one. So it's from article from Market Watch called Help Me Retire, and the title's I'm Losing Sleep. We're retired and buying a 1.3 million townhouse with everything going on in the world. Is it too risky to make a move? And this article is by Alessandra Meliato. And I thought this was appropriate because lots of our clients ask the same question, literally the same exact yes. question. And so essentially the story behind it is this couple, um, they're retired, they're living off their social security and they have income coming in from a rental property. Um, they also are taking money out from their IRAs that they had saved in. So in total, they have about 1.3 million in liquid assets. So right money that they can take from fairly easily. That and doesn't then, count, like their home or something correct. like that. And then they have about a million in properties. And then right now they're in transition. So they're selling their current house, which is paid off for about $1.4 million, And then they're buying a townhome that costs $1.3 million. However, the new home is going to take up about 90% of their expenses. So it's a unique situation where... And it doesn't go into too much detail on why that's the case, um, on why the new home is ninety percent of cash flow. That's yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it does seem like quite a bit. So I would say when we go through this, that's going to be one of the biggest things I go through is just kind of understanding what the budget looks like. You know, why are things like making sense of that, right? Yep. Um, but the biggest um, thing for this, these two. Um, Individuals were understanding, is this too big of a risky move with what's going on in the world? Um, And we all know what's going on in the world. And a lot of our clients are losing sleep. We all are losing sleep, right? There's a lot of disturbing things going on. However, should that make a decision on whether you do something or not? I would say it depends, but most likely not, right? There are a lot of things out of our control. The thing is, if you take that line of thinking, that could be around five years from now. 10 years from now. We don't know the future, right? We don't know the, the end of the, the war, Correct. Israel, uh, the markets, everything. Yes. Inflation, there's in the presidential election. Next. It always seems, Jeff, like something's going on, doesn't it? Well, That's one of the things is that they're building yeah. the townhouse, right? Then you yes, have to plan on it being 20, taking 20% longer and costing 20% more. Because of the products. And, it yeah. always ha- it's always like that. You should plan for that. Um, and with the geopolitical stuff, you know, it's, uh, companies will still try to make money no matter what's going on around in the world. But you're exactly right, Marie. Our clients are worried about it. should they make a move, but when is the right time to make a move? How do we know that five years from now there won't be other things coming so up? So back to this story, Marie, what would your advice then? So be? I would say in this situation, yes, your feelings are valid, right? We all have those feelings. Is it ever going to be the right time? 
nobody will know <laughs> at the end of the day. And so, yes, your feelings are valid that it's, it is uncertain right now. However, as long as we go through the planning, we can help you navigate those emotions around understanding, okay, here's my budget. Here are what our needs are. Here's what our expenses look like. Will we be okay? And so in this situation, yes, they would be okay um, as long as appropriate planning has been going on every single year and moving Sounds like forward. they saved quite a bit. They did save quite a bit. To have a rent, you said rental property gives them income. They're Correct. also taking their, they're going to be retired, so they're taking Social Security. Uh, but then the the big wrench here is that, that move. They're getting a new house. Correct. Or a townhouse, I think you said. Yes. And understanding, like, will you be mortgage-free at some point? Yes. What does that timeline look like, right? So we're building the new property. How long? How expensive it is? Right now, is it it's $1.3 million, but does that mean you're going on to... 1.8 million pretty soon if there's a hiccup along the way. Um, the other thing is going through and really pouring through your budget. So I do find quite a bit that we get to the certain point in our lives, right? Probably in our 50s, 60s. We don't have kids in the house. We have lots of money flowing in, right? No, hardly any expenses. And so you just kind of lose track on where you're spending money. And so here's a great opportunity for us to sit down with these clients and say, okay, where is money going? And is there opportunity to reduce it? A common one I see is cable bill. It's like $350 because no one's ever checked in on it over the last 10 years. And it just grew and grew and Paying grew Paying for grew. different <laughs> streaming services, you mean? Yeah. No, like or the actual cable bill. Oh, the like, good old cable. Yeah, people still have good old cable. You know, those things really do add up. <laughs> they do, so and they cable, just raise, raise, and raise. Yeah, and then you got the cell phone. You've got, you know, you're paying for Wi-Fi. Then you've yeah. got all these different, besides Netflix, all these apps that are available. Yeah, so just going through <laughs> and kind of ironing things out. Like, how much are you paying on your cell phone? Is that really a, what you should be paying, right? Is there opportunity to clean that up? or? Yeah. Insurance, all these costs that you might not keep track of anymore because you just pay the bill and close yeah, the night. Kids and, are gone. Yeah. We're doing okay, right? We see our, and you know, annually you take a look at things, but you might have to look a little closer, I think is what you're saying. Yes. You might need to look a little closer. And at the end of the day, can you swap a less expensive home for a more expensive one? Is yes, with the appropriate planning. So in this situation, yes, it's doable. Your feelings are valid. It is a scary time. However, as long as you've done the planning, it still should be an appropriate decision for you to make that, yes, you can swap houses. Uh, this is something you guys do every day. You'd sit down, you'd walk this couple through this. Yes, we would sit down and walk sure. through it and make sure that they feel comfortable with this decision. Also, Jeff, I've said this for years on this. We've been on since 2001, the retirement clinic, that shouldn't retirement be an enjoyable part of your life? Everybody would say yes to that. Absolutely. Um, but you can download your stress to us is one thing. The other thing is that you can set it, you don't set it and forget it. Marie says, you know, you plan every year so things can change next year. So you don't just set it and forget it. Review it again next year. Review the cash flow projections. Review bad timing scenarios. What if things go bad? Do you still have enough money to last the rest of your life? And those are important things that we do every day in our at the office. A lot of good reminders uh, on today's show, just with the end of the year coming up. We talked about wealth management and preservation. Okay, a lot to do. When we come back, 
We're going to give you all the phone numbers, websites, and the information you need to know about the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist with Marie McFarland and Jeff Kowal. We'll be right back on ISN. The Retirement Clinic, not done yet. We are back next Saturday, 10 o'clock, Monday through Friday with the Kowal Investment Group, doing those market reports on the Mark Belling Show, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. every weekday. And Marie McFarland, you've got a great website keeps us up to date and yes. up to speed. Visit the com. We've been very busy planning our 2024 events coming up, so make sure you check it out. Stay tuned towards the end of the year. You'll see what's coming up, especially at the beginning of the year. Um, but visit com to keep up to date with all the events we have going on. All the locations are on that website. The phone number, Jeff, is another option. We can always reach out and call. 262-522-4040. If you're struggling with whether you take your lump sum distribution this year or wait next year to do it, if you're uh, questions about estate planning, asset allocation and retirement, we manage over a billion dollars of assets for our clients. Uh, make sure that you pay attention to your asset allocation. Uh, and again, we, we work with people who have $750,000 or more in retirement assets. It's the Kowal Way, thekowalway.com. K-O-W-A-L thekowalway.com. Fantastic show, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. As always, Marie McFarland, thank you for uh, thank participating you. in the program. Yeah, great time. Until next week, the Retirement Clinic, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock. I'm Paul Cronforce. Quick news break in your weekend Fox 6 weather forecast just ahead. This is WISM Milwaukee.